Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a very notable person. We have none other than David Sewell. David is involved in investing in agriculture. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, David, of all the things in agriculture, you chose to get into coffee and cacao. Why those two? Well, everybody tells me coffee is the only legal drug. So we have an opportunity to promote a product that is uh, in very high demand and very low supply. So the reality behind the investment opportunity is always to take advantage of that kind of a situation whenever you can find it, especially in a product that's growing as fast as coffee is and as popular as chocolate is. So we're not trying to create anything new, reinvent any wheels. We're taking advantage of a imbalance in the supply and demand of a highly highly required product. Every one of us in the morning, the first thing we gotta do is drink that coffee. In the evening, Sometimes most of us relax with a little piece of chocolate. So you're based in Panama, of course, a fellow Canadian, and uh, you decided to search for a warmer climate and eventually came across Panama. What brought you there? I'd been in the Navy for 12 years, so I've been around the world, more or less, looking at lots of places. Spent some time in Mexico and moved south to Costa Rica, finally settling in Panama, looking for, as Victor said, lower taxes and warmer weather. Found both of those in Panama. But when I speak at investment conferences, I call Panama a halfway house for gringos. It's a very easy place to go to. It's all feet, pounds, inches, miles, yards, gallons, U.S. dollars. It's uh, two and a half hours from major airports in the U.S. It has a huge major airport of its own, so visiting the grandkids is easy. It's a nice place to live. They're American-friendly, Canadian-friendly, North American. They're visitor-friendly. They're entrepreneur-friendly. It's a good country to do business in. You've got quite a sizable staff there. How big is your operation at this point? The entire operation totals around 90 people. Uh, That includes the cacao operations in Belize, of which there are about 45, and the balance of those are in Panama in the coffee business with us in Boquete, Panama, where the coffee farms are all located and where my wife and I, my wife Deborah and I live. Now, when we talk about investing, it's one thing to have a product that actually generates income and revenue. How have you packaged that for investors? What we do is when we acquire the farms, we um, subdivide them into half-acre parcels. And then those half-acre parcels are offered to qualified investors, and you don't have to be accredited to be qualified because you're buying real estate directly as a hard asset offshore being held in a deed in your own name. So it's not a security-like investment, so the accredited, non-accredited doesn't apply. We allow those people who are interested and qualified uh, to own a half an acre parcel, which is, as I said, deeded in your own name, turnkey managed by us at no fee. We participate with the owners and investors on the bottom line like everybody else. Uh, We have a very strong socially sustainable program. So when you're an owner and an investor in the real estate with us, then you have an opportunity to significantly impact the lives of the poor coffee farm and cacao farm workers in both Belize and Panama. So I love what you said about that, and I've known about your operation for quite some time. And tell me a little bit about how that program, you're reinvesting a portion of the revenue in the local communities. What sorts of things are they doing with the money? We invest in our our workers first. So the people that do the hard work all day long, every day, in the 
farms are the people we look after first. And they are looked after with better housing accommodations. We renovate existing facilities to provide them with flush toilets and running water and showers and laundry facilities and kitchens running on gas rather than wood smoke and bedrooms to work in, to live in, and with five-inch mattresses and better uniforms to wear and better safety gear and all of these kind of things that improve the quality of the working life. We also then strongly support the local community. Uh, we, we support a folkloric group there that is attempting to maintain the Panamanian culture in the children because as the older people grow uh, die off, it gets lost uh, for the younger people. We strongly support that. The Socially Sustainable Program puts kids in school. Very important. When we started this program three years ago, we had nine kids in school. Last year, we had 21 kids in school. And this year, we're pleased to say we have 61 in school. Wow, that's awesome. Good for you. You know, people talk an awful lot about having socially sustainable enterprise and you're living proof of it. So that's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the economics of coffee. Business in general goes through economic cycles. The coffee beans don't care whether it's an up market or a down market. How is coffee or cacao cyclical or counter-cyclical with the economy? The nice part about coffee and cacao is the, the demand far exceeds the supply. So it's really, really hard just to keep up. With the, with the demand, uh, and we're not going to exceed that anytime soon. So there's a, a big imbalance right there. Uh, in, the co- in the specialty coffee business, and to a lesser extent, but the same idea, a specialty cacao offering, people come to us. We don't need to go to the rest of the world and tell them that we have Boquete Panama specialty coffee. People beat a path to our door to come to auctions that are held in Panama, specialty coffee contests that are held in Boquete, and we can then sell our green coffee, in most cases, to roasters internationally who have come to us. So the counter-cyclical and cyclical part is not very much of an inter- of interest to us. It's not much of a concern. We strategically package coffee in, in micro lots, so we will produce 10, 12, 15, 20 different varietals and processing methods combined to make small lots of very high quality specialty coffee that sell at super abundant premium prices. How are the investments packaged in terms of rate of return? Is it a fixed rate of return? Is it simply a, a share of profit? How does, how does that all work? There's a split between the owners and, and ourselves and the farmers. The, the split is, in order of priority, 20% comes off the top that goes to our social sustainability program. So it's not just a marketing term, it's actually real. The 20% is an inviolate pool that is put together for the farmers for our socially sustainable programs. From there, we split 80-20. So 80 of the 80, if you really want to do the math. So 64 goes to the investors. Our 20% comes from the 80, so ours is 16. So really, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. The investors are there, the people are there that do all the hard work, and ourselves. If someone wants to get in touch with you and are interested potentially in investing, how would they do that? They can go to our website. So we have a direct website for coffee that is www.internationalcoffeefarms.com. Or they can go to the cacao site with www.belize.com cacao consortium.com or 
even easier, we have an aggregated site put together that handles all of the things coffee, all of the things cacao, and allows you to register with our system so that you can enter our members area where all the goodies are, and that's where the... Uh, ownership documents are the financial pro forma are there everything you would need to know to do your due, your due diligence and that is called www.agronosotros.com a g r o n o s o t r o s.com www.agronosotros.com we are agriculture in english <laughs> right on. Well, David, always great to connect. We get to see each other every few months at various events. And of course, we're here on the Investor Summit at Sea, which has been a spectacular week so far. And I'm uh, just looking forward to spending the rest of the week with you. Thanks, Victor. I very much enjoy my time with you, too. Thanks very much. Wow, what a great conversation with Dave Sewell. You know, I get to hang out with some of the coolest people. And here's a guy who very quickly got bored by hanging out on the beach in his retirement years and decided to use his retirement to make a social contribution, to continue to build a business, to create a lifestyle of contribution and create value for his investors and create a legacy for his family. David shared with me privately some of the plans that he has for the future, and boy, there are some exciting things on the horizon. As you're thinking about your own investment strategy, your own investment portfolio, you may want to consider making agriculture at least a component of your overall investment strategy. It's part of a strategy of diversification. I mean, heck, even very high-tech companies like Amazon are making major, major investments in agriculture. As you're thinking about that, have a spectacular day, make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.